Pump up the volume on your parenting with Parent Pump Radio. Tune into something different that makes a difference. At Parent Pump Radio, instead of a ripple, we choose to create a splash. Get energized, get inspired, and get informed with how to parent in the new millennium. With your host and parent coach super guide, Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. Hi, this is Jacqueline T.D. Wynn. We're here to pump up your parenting skills, pump up your energy, pump up your knowledge. Welcome to Parent Pump Radio. Our show is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Be sure to subscribe to our RSS feed so you'll be automatically notified for new shows. If you're looking for a speaker for your organization or events, please go to my website at integrativeminds.com to learn more about what I offer and contact me at info at integrativeminds.com to schedule a meeting time. The information is in the show notes. Our theme for 2019 on Parent Pump Radio is geared to help families learn, act, and implement strategies to become financially free. Our guest today taught business studies successfully in the UK to the high school and junior college students for 12 years. In that time, he ran his own department, wrote articles for a number of publications, had a teaching resource published in the UK, and has mentored trainee teachers. After talking the talk for so many years in the classroom, he finally decided to leave teaching and walk the walk. His educational business, Cash Crunch Games, addresses the financial illiteracy problem through gamification. So ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to Pa Vassi. Hi, Paul. Hey, Jacqueline. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. <laughs> I sounded awesome in that bio, by the way. I thought, wow. I did all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we forget how much we accomplished. <laughs> yes, it is amazing. Actually, you're always looking forward and never back. So you forget what you've done, I guess. Yeah. When, if you had to sit down and write out all the things you've done, I think uh, we realize how many pages of our resume would be. Yeah, no, it's crazy, isn't it? It's absolutely crazy. Yeah. So now you started in the UK and now you're in the US. What happened? So I was a, a school teacher in the UK for, for 12 years and um, thoroughly enjoyed my teaching. And then I, I, uh, I married my childhood sweetheart. And I moved, I moved to, yeah, and I moved to California and I've been here seven years, just gone seven years now. Um, went through the whole process of, you know, we got married, green card, um, American citizen now. So I am an American citizen. And, um, and I have basically gone through the whole process of, you know, I didn't go back into the teaching world, but I decided to um, set up my own business and do what, I, what skills I had in, from the classroom and realize that, you know, let's address financial literacy through, through games from what I had learned in the classroom. So that's what I'm doing now. So Cash Crunch Games and Games in the Classroom. Yeah, we're going to talk about your game uh, in a little bit. I want to address uh, what did you learn in terms of trying to teach students effectively about finances? First of all, you've got probably 30 students in a class, um, all of different abilities and different interests um, and different learning styles and different learning speeds. So you've got to, and you know, you've, you've only got an hour to teach a child a certain amount of things per, per lesson. So you, you've got to find the the best way to do it and one of the ways that i i figured out was to make a child an expert um 
if you make a child an expert, they will engage and talk. So you make the whole thing about them. But, you know, textbooks have always been a way of being, being used and everything else. And, you know, now that kids are using tablets and using, you know, computers and everything else, they're, they're hungry for not just the tablet and the, the, the sorry, the textbook, but they're, they're hungry to do things in different ways. Um, the days when back in the day, going back with my, you know, my childhood sweetheart, we used to write pie pen, you know, letters, snail mail, you know, and every five days you write a letter, take five days and then you should read it five days back. So there's a turnaround of writing a letter every 10 days in essence, but now it's an email, it's instant and we want things instantly, you know, and also in a classroom, if, if we don't understand something instantly, we dismiss it rather than persevering going, you know, we're going to do, we're going to do, we do. So there's ways you've got to, you've got to engage and get them talking to, so they have the way to figure things out themselves. So with financial literacy, you know, there's a number of things. We're not allowed to talk about money and all that, but in the classroom, generally they're intimidated because it's math. They go, oh, money is math and I can't do it. And I found this on numerous occasions where I had these kids that they were phenomenal. They would play, you know, they would, we would talk about marketing and human resources and all those things. But then you came and say, right, today, kids, we're going to do about finance. Can't do it. We didn't even talk about anything in finance and what it was in business finance or personal finance. They just said, they heard the word finance. It's like vegetables for kids. I don't like them. I'm not having them. Brussels sprouts. I'm not having them. You know, finance, I can't do it. And in the end, I, you know, I realized that there's going to be something better than this. And I created a game. Um, I basically took a monopoly board and I changed the board for businesses as opposed to properties. You know, a goldsmith, a car dealership, a hot dog stand, all those things. And then they had to buy it and then they had to pay cost of goods and then they had to pay tax and all that kind of stuff. So I played this with the kids. I just gave it to them. I said, these are the rules, play it. And for these kids who couldn't, they said they couldn't do math. They were buying these properties. And one kid said, I can't afford this property. Who's going in with me on a partnership? Oh, I will. And then they were saying, right, well, you know, how much money have you put in? Well, you haven't put in 50%. You put in 30%. So 70% of the revenue is mine and the costs are mine. 30% is yours. And they were doing fractions and they were talking about this and they're working all that. I thought, right, boys, you, you, you said you don't know anything about finance, but what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. How many customers do you need to cover your costing? Oh, and they knew it all. And what I realized was it was just a way of asking the question differently and putting it into their perspective. So they'd had the experiential learning, they played the game, they understood the game without knowing what all the terms are. And then you asked a question based around what they'd been doing and they could answer you. In fact, they couldn't even, you couldn't shut them up. They wanted to tell you more and more and more because they had actually, become, they became an expert in the game. So, you know, it, it worked really well. So it's just the words we're using that kind of, scares the kids and probably us too right as adult i'm like finance i don't know anything about finance but yeah. you tell ask me about money and and business then that's more understandable well, i mean if you if you say what's an apr that's well you know what's how much tax how much interest do you get charged with oh right yeah i understand what's a mortgage huh? oh that's a long-term loan oh right yeah you know it's 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 the words i think 
And sometimes the calculations, they, they try to get them so, com you know, that, again, math, they don't understand it all. And we're so quick to teach them, you know, you need to know this percentage. But if they understood what it actually means. The why behind it. So right now, there's all these financial literacy quizzes and people go around and they say, oh, you only 40% understand financial literacy. It's because of the words they're using. You know, if you say, well, do you, do you, do you know what a mutual fund is? No. Do you know what an annuity is? No. Do you know what actually, do you know how to save money? Do you know what savings is? Yes. Well, do you think there are different types of savings plans that, you, you know, are they low, medium, high? Yes, there are. Why would that be? You know, if you ask the question differently, got away from all these buzzwords. Yeah, yeah. You actually know more than you realize. But, and then that's just what we do through games. You're just saying, get into it, deal with it. And then you figure it out, you know, bring, you bring it down to a basic level. So if you, if you had that same survey and you went into an elementary school and you asked an elementary school kid, do you know what a new annuity is? They're going to say no. But if you change the way you ask that question with different words, they're going to go, well, okay, I get that because I have a piggy bank and I put a quarter away a week. Yeah. You know? They'll go, yes. Then, so in essence, they understand the principle. And that's what drives me crazy when I when I and I I hear all this. I'm thinking you're just not asking the right question. What they don't know is when you're saying about the value of money and how to manage your money. No, they don't know how to deal with that because they don't understand the value of money. The fact that you don't you don't live within your means and you don't understand that it takes you so much time to earn that money to spend it. That's the bit they don't understand. But if you actually just change the wording of the financial literacy quiz and you did it to elementary school, they'd understand it and the stats would go right up. Let's talk about money then. What ways can we teach our kids about money? There are so many ways to teach about money. I mean, if, if they give them an allowance, you know, they actually have to work for their allowance to get that. So now they're learning the value that if I don't work and do my chores, I don't get the money. Um, you can be in a grocery store and you can say right now, pay pay the cashier check the change you can you can walk around and say right how much is the gas price here we're going to put we're going to put about 12 gallons in our car how much do you think it's going to cost you drive past another one how much difference do you think it would have cost us if we had filled up there than here you go back in the supermarket again and you say right um that's ten dollars and it's 40 percent off what's the cost going to be you know, everywhere you look, there's so many things, ways you can teach about money. And it's basic, basic math without them realizing it. And, you know, so, so even with coupons, two, you know, three for twos and two for ones, um, you could even go on the value of when you're buying ketchup. And, you know, when you, when you go to the shelf and it says how much per, for different sizes. Per ounces, and right. Per ounces. So now you, you're getting him to look at that. You can even say to them, right, um, we're having dinner tonight. You've got $30. Go and find something for $30. Then you can turn around and say, right, we're going to do the same dinner tonight, but for $15. What do they do? You know, so there's so many things that you can do without actually thinking of it. Yes, we're having a lesson on money today that, that can be put in vicariously through you. Just even when you're driving along the road and you're going, We've got half a tank of fuel. It's 150 miles. It's 70 miles to Los Angeles. 
what are we going to use? And then they'll go, oh, okay. You know, and they can figure that out. Um, so there's so many ways you can teach. That's a really good idea. Yeah. Those are some excellent idea. A lot of kids don't even know how much a box of cereal costs. Yeah. And so they don't know what's to compare with, but maybe we start teaching them, oh, this is how much Cheerios cost or honey, and then yeah. they get to know it. Well, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, say, say you're going to do the weekly shop. I mean, in my household, I do the weekly shop. So I know the prices of, you know, you walking by. Salmon. Yeah, whatever. I know what's on special. I know what's a good price and what's a bad price just by going regularly. But then you also know that by doing that, you know how much you're going to spend. You know what your groceries are going to cost and you know what's a good price and a bad price. And then you think, well, that's really expensive this week. Instead of buying beef, I'm going to buy chicken or I'm going to buy fish or, oh, there's a special on this. I'm going to buy this and I, and I can maybe have two of those and not have that. This once you learn the value, and and I, and I, I will guarantee you this: you take kids in there, and you say to them, "Right, I want you to get me the vegetables, or I, I want you to get this for me, get the milk for me." They will remember the prices. I can guarantee you. So when you go next week and say, "Right, we need some carrots," they'll go, "Well, hang on, carrots are expensive this week. Let's look at something else." They will know that, and they will remember that. Yeah, so once they understand the value of how much something costs with their money, then yeah. they are make, able to make those smarter choices. Oh, absolutely. And again, that goes back to life. So later on, when you're, when you're going shopping and you're going to buy those pair of jeans or you're looking for a flight or you're looking for a hotel room or something like that, you're not just looking at the hotel room for the price, but you're also maybe looking at the location, but then you're looking at the facilities at the hotel and how far you are away from everything. You know, so that you can do so next time you're going away on holiday or you're going away on a business trip or you know even if you whatever you could say well where should we stay but let's look at how much it's going to cost and, and get them drawing all that up so then they can figure out what's the best value for the family and so there's different probably different age different games that you can play for sure for sure how young do you think we can start talking about it the moment they want something. <laughs> if you think about it, two, you know, every, I think a two year old yeah. starts. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, when two year olds and they go, give me, give me, give me. Right. And they say, well, but then you, this goes into the parents and you go, well, okay, you can have that, but you can't have anything else. You know, the moment you go, give me, give me, give me, and then you'll give, give, give. They've not learned anything. They just know that they can put their hand out and you will, you'll give into them and you'll give them whatever they want. So where's the value in that? There's no holding it. I mean, you go back to the principle. If you value something, you will look after it. So if you have a, a bag of candy, one bag of candy, and you know you've only got that for, until, for the whole day, and you've got nothing else, or let's, let's even a more cruder example, you're going hiking and I give you a bo one bottle of water, and you've got 10 miles to walk, and you know you've got 10 miles to walk, and you've only got that one bottle. Are you just going to drink it all straight away, or are you going to use it sparingly so you've got something, so you have some at the end? Use it sparingly. Right. If you use that principle with money, it's the same thing, right? So with kids, if you do that with an allowance, say, this is all you got, and, and, and it's tough love. If they spend it all straight away and they want more, no, no more, no more. Next time, they'll think, think twice about what they're spending and think about how far this money can go. So 
again, it's the moment they want something, you can start talking about money with them. Saying this for this, like, yep, yep. You just can like have as this if you were buying, right? It's exchange of energy because that's all money is. It's just an energy. So if you want this, then you got to exchange it for some other form of energy that's the equal in value. Exactly. You can have this, but you can't have that. Which one do you want? And there's no more, no more. And that's when the parent has to come in and be strong and go, "I love you, but you're not," because that is probably one of the most powerful lessons you can do with for a child early on is teaching the value of something early on because that will stay with them for the rest of their lives that's excellent how did you get into gaming i want to you tell us the bridge that went from teaching to gaming so so i was a school teacher for 12 years and i was inside the classroom and one of the ways i i was i didn't always teach traditional ways i i very rarely used a textbook I would do it through conversation and, and they would learn the understanding and then we'd put the key words in. But I always did a lot of activities, you know, whether it was um, a communication game or it was a drawing game or it was always something. And I realized that kids always remembered certain activities over certain lessons. I mean, I could, I could tell you a little story or I could get you to read something and then I'll ask you a week later, which one did you remember? You know, so with that, I then got into games with like little like we play Monopoly and Payday in the classroom and all those and little car games. And I started making my own and they became they, the kids really enjoyed them. And I guess that's where I jumped to when I realized with financial literacy and the math and everything else was that here's an issue that needs to be fixed instead of having a textbook or parents talking to kids, what I want to do is I want to make them an expert and let them figure it out for themselves. So they, they figured it out through the school of hard knocks. They lose the game or they win the game. They figured out what works for them. Now we can talk about it because they have experience behind them to actually talk and make relevant points. So that's how I basically got into games. And I'm quite a creative person, so I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And uh, my wife said to me, look, you know, this is, this is your passion. There's a big need for financial literacy. Why didn't you just stick at it? And I was like, that's good for me. So my, my beautiful wife is, has actually helped this. Otherwise, I'd be back in the classroom or doing, I don't know what I would be doing, to be honest. So um, this is. Tell us what makes your game different and why it's so much more effective. One of my games, my board game, junior board game, I took with the principles of what they needed to learn. And there was no bias in terms of, well, you know, I'm a company and you, I have a savings plan and therefore, I, you know, I'm going to talk all about my savings plan. I thought, no, these kids need to learn the basics. So right now there's a lot of games out there like Monopoly and Cashflow 101, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Right. Great game. Great yes. game. Yes. But if 70% of households live paycheck to paycheck, how is investing relevant to them? How are stocks and shares relevant to them? If they haven't got the money, how are they going to have money to buy shares or get that deposit to buy the house, to make the, the, the passive income, to get out of the rat race? Right. You know, that's great once you've got money. Yeah. So I, I, I took the point that, you know what, I'm going to get you to the point of being a have not to become a have. So I'm going to teach you the value of money to save first. So when you have less money to spend, you make smarter decisions. Meanwhile, the other 20% of your savings or whatever you want to put aside is there accumulating. It's adding up 
And at the end of the year, you have enough to do whatever you want with it. So you either invest it or you, you know, you buy a building or you just keep it there for a rainy day and you just put it on a high savings account. Point is now I'm giving you choices. So I'm changing you from a have not to a have. And that is my pure focus. So I'm a precursor to Monopoly and to Rich Dad, Poor Dad in that he's doing yeah. all that with passive income. I'm just getting them there. So I'm actually helping him because I'm actually getting people to actually have money to be able to do all that. And that, that's my focus. With this shutdown that just happened in the United States, we really saw how what you're saying is true, that people do live paycheck to paycheck. After even one paycheck, it affected, they said, in the millions. And now they're saying it could be even in the billions yeah. repercussion. And all it is, is that when someone, gets a, when someone gets a pay rise, what do they do? They go from shopping at TK Maxx and Marshalls, then they go to Navy, then they go to Gap, then they go to Banana Republic, and then they're into the Lacoste and the Gucci's and the Coach. All you're doing is you're picking up, you're either buying something more expensive or you're taking a bigger subscription or you're taking another bill out rather than going, oh, I'm here now. I've got this extra money. Let me do something else with it. Yeah. So they, they see they see their their paycheck as the, the total amount as their budget. And it's a mindset. That's all it is. It's it's a consumer mindset. And that's how these uh, big companies has created us because otherwise they wouldn't be in existence. The car company, you got to have the newest and latest car. The gaming industry, you got to have the new and latest app and gadgets. And so we come to become mm -hmm. consumer mindset instead of an investor mindset. Well, we're, we're taught that everything is on tap. We don't have to wait for anything. We can have it right now. And it's made it so easy for us to get anything we want right now. I mean, it's, it's so easy to get a credit card these days or a store card these days. And, you know, don't worry about paying it. And also there's the, the big disconnect between actually using cash and swiping a card. And now it's tap your watch. You know, you see, you see all these apps now where you can actually just use your watch or your phone to yeah. pay. So you're not even thinking about, oh, I'm spending money today because you don't see it till the end of the month. And then you've got the opportunity to pay the minimum amount rather than you need to pay this off right now. And so that becomes a really tough spiral, doesn't it? It's very hard to get out of it. Like you say, we have to have the latest thing because we're a very materialistic world, very, very materialistic, aren't we? So. Big, big issue. And I was talking about all the hoarding. People end up keeping more stuff, right? Like we were yeah. talking about investing. And I said, the one thing I always wanted to invest in was a storage unit because yes. they would never run out. No one would ever leave a storage unit because people just like to hoard all these things, consumer mindset. Yeah. I'm actually looking at that eventually one day. They're getting a storage <laughs> unit. I think that's the way to do it, that's, right? Right. Don't buy yeah. homes. <laughs> Yeah, don't go invest in, in, in yeah go invest in storage unit <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely yeah so you'll see see in the future you'll see instead of like car parking you know car parks store multi-story car parks in the sense centers for everyone because we won't have cars they'll all be storage units won't they you can see that in the future <laughs> so uh i want to tell people your uh tell us how people can get a hold of you yeah, very, very simple. CashCrunchGames.com. Um, we're on Twitter, CashCrunchGames, Instagram, Facebook. Um, 
and yeah on the, on the website as well oh and pinterest too so just cashcrunchgames.com and we have an offering of things for five to 21 year olds so board games and curriculum how many board games do you have um i've got two at the moment another one probably coming out later this year and uh maybe another one the year after are the board games like for a certain age um yes i have uh one one physical board game for ages five to twelve and then I have an online game right now, which is free to play for 13 and upwards. And then hopefully later on the year or next year, we'll have another board game for 13 to 21 as a physical board game. For the teens. Yeah. And then we also have a careers platform as well. Um, so figuring out what you want to do in life and move forward so we can then marry money and careers together. Oh, absolutely. Especially for those teens. Mm -hmm. Now they're yep. saying it goes down to... Uh, to even 12 year olds yeah well i mean the thing is uh, right now i mean we're going off on a tangent but right now you know the the big thing is your child yes my child's going to college well where they're going to uci okay or usc or ucla right i've got you there now what are you going to do i don't know so they end up doing a major or minor they change it which costs thousands of dollars right it's textbooks it's rent because you're going to start again then they graduate, still don't know what they want to do, and then they spend the next five years hopping from job to job, trying to find a, a career and a job that they really enjoy, and then they finally settle. Meanwhile, they've got all this debt that they've been amassing because they've been changing the majors and the minors. They've been spending beyond their means. They're not being budgeting. They don't know the cash flow. So teaching all that, and then they're going to try and find a job. And then they're saying, all right, there's this job. It's perfect, but how much does it pay? Not would I enjoy the job? So now they're choosing a job based on what it pays rather than, hey, we work 50% 50, 50 of our lives or 50 years, right? Yep. And I'm not doing something I thoroughly enjoy, so I'm going to be miserable. Right. So let's, let's turn it around. Let's figure out what you're good at, who you are, whether you work under pressure or you like working in groups or anything like that. And then let's find something that you could do you go through school and college more focused so then you're more prepared when you get out and you're ready in the career world you know what you want to do you've got your resume your internships you've had all that done and now you're a prospect uh you know a better prospect for being recruited and working in a career that you thoroughly enjoy i wholeheartedly agree with that and it should start the end in mind i always believe in that look at the careers and the jobs that you yeah. love. That you, are never, you never design a house, do you? You never build a house and then think, what's it going to look like? Right, right. Thank you so much for that wisdom. It's been, a, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yes, it's been a pleasure. And you can get a hold of Paul at cashcrunchgamesplural.com. It's also in the show notes information. And listeners, the quote for the week is, what you get by achieving your goals is not as important as what you become by achieving your goals. Thank you very much. Have a great week. Thank you so much for joining us today. Go to parentpumpradio.com and click on the pink box on the top of our homepage to listen to our new and archived shows. To be instantly notified of new episodes, subscribe to our RSS feed. The RSS feed button is located at the top of the page where all our shows are featured. And after listening to the show, go to parentpumpradio.com or our Facebook page to leave your comments, questions, and topic suggestions. And while you're at our website, sign up to receive a free gift. Until next time, have a wonderful week.